The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So we'll start again with a sitting.
So then at the end of this sitting, I'd like to introduce a contemplation on the theme for the afternoon. So the next, the 10 skillful actions is ill will. It's connected to hostility, hate. So I want to introduce to you a idea and then see how this idea lands in you and what you think of it. Maybe you can contemplate it, consider when it might be true and maybe when it isn't. Whenever we have hostility. Whenever we have hostility, we've given up taking responsibility for ourselves. Whenever there's hostility, we've handed, whenever there's been hostility, we've handed the responsibility of our welfare or the blame for it to someone else. Whenever there's hostility, we've given up responsibility for ourselves. Whenever there is hostility, the hostile person has given up responsibility for their own well-being. So, um, as I said this morning, the eighth and the ninth of the ten unskillful actions is um, um, usually translated into English as covetousness and ill will. And this uh, uh, covetousness is... um, uh, uh, is quite prominent as one of the problem obstacles, one of the obstacles for welfare in the suttas. And the word is abhija, 
and it's, um, um, it's I think it's just gets get a little sense of how you know, its prominence is that um, we're familiar with the five hindrances. Many of you are familiar with it. To go to retreats, you hear a lot of talks on the five hindrances. And the first one is, uh, is usually talked about as desire. Uh, the word that usually appears in the suttas from the, like the discourse on the Four Foundations of Mindfulness is um, uh, kamachanda, the desire for sense pleasure, to sensual pleasure. Um, however, uh, there are, there is an alternative list of the five hindrances in the suttas, where abhija is the first hindrance, and abhija means uh, is what's being translated as covetousness. And um, and in fact, in the in all the different places where the five hindrances appear in the suttas, it's abhija, this covetousness, that is the one that is um, uh, listed more often. So there's two lists of the five hindrances. And, um, and we just happen to get one list, the one that has sensual desire. And if you don't like that one, you can go for the other one. And, um, but anyway, it's, it's the most frequent one. And so, um, um, and ill will is also quite frequently mentioned as one of the obstacles, one, it's one of the hindrances. And here in this list also, it's one of the unskillful mental states to have. The... Um, uh, what's important is to uh, realize that the ill will is not the same thing as anger. Uh, ill will is an act of hostility or an attitude of hostility, wanting to cause harm, wanting someone to, to someone not to be well. It's an act of aggression towards someone. Uh, you can be angry. You can, you know, you can be angry with your car, and maybe you want to hit the, you know, kick the tires or something. But, um, but uh, you know, you can. Be, it's kind of, anger is a form of can be a form of frustration that things are not what you expect them to be. Um, or a strong, ferocious uh, no, that you don't, have to, you don't approve what's going on. But there might, doesn't have to be hostility uh, or ill will in the anger. And that's, if you make that distinction, then, um, uh, uh, then we don't have to, uh, then anger perhaps is not necessarily uh, seen as a bad emotion. Um, it's uh, anger depends you know anger is more like a, a family of um, attitudes or emotions and you have to kind of probe more deeply into the anger uh, and the, I think the Buddhist analysis would be is whatever you're calling anger is there hostility in it or not uh, and if there's no hostility maybe there's uh, there can be ferocious irritation ferocious no ferocious very strong feeling of this is not right that conventionally would be called anger but you're not wishing harm on any, anybody. So the, the obstacle and the hindrance that's really that's focused on here is ill will, which, uh, which I think I take to be a form of hostility, which is, you know, you want some, you, you don't want, you want, to, you, want to, you want harm for someone. You want someone to not have a good time. And so ill will is, the, is this unskillful uh, action that is to be avoided it's unskillful to have ill will. It's not helpful for you. And uh, it's more helpful to have the absence of it. The absence of ill will, the opposite, uh, the absence of it is not the opposite. The opposite in the suttas is metta, so love. So, um, uh, you know, so we, we get rid of, get out of the ill will, it has a, we have a chance to fill that space perhaps with metta, with loving kindness. So I said this provocative thing, or I don't know how provocative it was, this, that, the, that if you have hostility or ill will towards any, anything or anybody, that you've given up responsibility for yourself. Was that uh, interesting for you, that idea? Yes. Was it interesting? Yeah? Yes. Yes. That means you have something to say about it then. <laughs> <laughs> So um, why don't you form little groups of three and, uh, and discuss the wisdom uh, of that statement? How, how, is that, how might that statement, why is that statement true or why is it interesting or what's valuable about this statement or what do you think about this statement? Is that okay? And then, well, I wasn't part of any of those groups so I didn't get any of the benefit. <laughs> so can someone please benefit me? 
was, uh, was give me some gist of your conversation of what came up for you and what you might have learned or what surprised you about the conversation or the topic or yes so when we were talking about um, what stops us from saying what we feel and avoiding the the uh, the fallout, the ill will and the hostility that might come later. And for all of us in different ways, it was fear. Fear of losing the relationship, fear of not getting what I want and the fallout from that. And fear, what was the other fear? Your fear was? Uh, that I would become hostile. Yeah. Oh, losing, losing control. Losing, the, the losing control. Losing control. So we all have fear about that. So, 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 fear, so fear not to say what you feel needs to be said uh-huh. then becomes uh, somehow bottled up and gets channeled later as hostility. So even the fear of being hostile is a condition for hostility. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great, thank you. Thank, yeah, thank you. That makes, it makes sense to me. So thank you. So someone else? Over here, Trudy. Well, our group talked about a lot of things, so if I've missed something important, please speak up, folks. Uh, We started with some difficulty directly connecting ill will in the sense of wanting to harm someone with giving up responsibility. And on the one hand, we started talking about how uh, a desire to blame someone did seem like giving up responsibility, but that even desire to blame doesn't necessarily come with desire to harm, just desire to place the onus on the other person and say, he or she did this to me, as opposed to they did such and such and I reacted in such and such a way. So we were trying to tease apart the different components of that state of mind or, or set of states of mind. Um, one of us said that uh, ill will does um, involve giving up responsibility for one's own well-being in the sense that generating and cultivating ill will creates um, pain in oneself. So immediately you're giving up responsibility not just for yourself in general but for your own well-being. Um, and then... Um, in the questions in particular, um, we were trying to tease apart differences between ill will and anger. And uh, one of the issues that was raised was, is ill will generated through a sense of powerlessness or helplessness, uh, being unable to affect the situation in any way, and um, then wanting to strike out at the other person, and then therefore giving up personal responsibility. So the question was, is ill will generated through a sense of powerlessness? Uh, And finally, uh, in a broader perspective, is it the case that if we um, don't feel helpless, not that we're able to control the situation, but to do what we can to influence it and to step back from it, that we then will not be generating ill will? Not be what? Not be generating ill will. If there's more of a sense of uh, this broader perspective and willingness to step back and not insist on trying to control. Great, thank you. Is there anything out? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the last part of this. It might have been a little convoluted. That uh, To turn it into a question, we kept finding we were making statements at the end. Um, is it the case that having a bro- taking a broader perspective on a situation and not seeing ourselves as helpless on the one hand not seeing ourselves as able to totally control the situation on the other hand, but being able to do what we can within our ability um, to influence the situation, that that sort of group of attitudes will undercut ill will and prevent us from generating it. Great, thank you. Someone else?
the rest of my group please speak up if I forget something? So um, I'm going to start with the questions we came up with because that's what I remember. Um, one really good one was, does ill will really have anything to do with the other person or only the person bearing it? And we kind of played with that a little bit. And um, the other two are a little bit more in-the-moment kind of questions, which is, one is, what does my heart really want in this moment? And kind of bring it back to ourselves. And the other is, is this giving worth giving up my sense of peace for? Or to phrase it another way, is it worth getting all worked up over? So just to kind of keep it in the moment. Um, in terms of connecting with the phrase, Gil, that you gave, um, I think one of the first things we talked about was um, how ill will was frequently generated from a sense of should, so a sense of wanting to control our environment or wanting to control a situation. And then it seemed to get fueled by um, kind of a complex house of cards worth of thoughts around that. So um, that by taking responsibility for that initial around the should, it just kind of collapses um, the tendency towards hostility. And um, we also talked about ill will towards oneself in there and taking responsibility for any projections we might have or any internalized messages we might have rather than um, allowing ill will towards self or others to kind of get out of control. Did I miss anything, you two? Great. Great. Thank you, Don. So, so maybe one more? All kinds of hands. <laughs> Also start with the questions because I think I remember them <laughs> better. Um, one of the question is, how do I know from moment to moment I am taking responsibilities over my own well-being? Uh-huh. Another question is, when something that happens which can cause ill will, um, how do I cultivate loving kindness so that it is coming out of myself? It's it's just out of my heart, not mm-hmm. something that I think I should or something um, like forced uh-huh. so um, we we talk about I think at the beginning of the discussion we had also some confusion about ill will um, we don't see it as something like you can proactively just have ill will at someone um, it's probably caused by like you're angry at certain like a person and recursive thinking of that anger can trigger that uh-huh. ill will toward that person um, um, and I, I, I think, I think ill will. It's intrinsically. I feel it is. Um, you feel threatened. Like your sense of self is threatened. That's when you can develop ill will. I, I cannot see myself just out of nowhere <laughs> develop ill will. It has to be someone did something that threatens the sense of self. I feel threatened. I feel hurt. That's how I can see. I can develop ill will toward that mm. person. And that's when I feel like I'm not, I'm losing control over the situation. I'm not, I'm not centered, basically. I'm giving up my well-being and let the other person control how I feel about Great. the situation. Great. Very good. Thank you. All of that. Is that so maybe, uh, Steve, good. Uh, Steve, in the back, I saw two more hands, and then we'll stop. <clears throat> uh, I think somewhat the same way, if, if I agree with the proposition that uh, I am responsible uh, for my own ill will and the suffering that it brings me, and I do believe that, uh, how do I get out of doing this? I find that I have ill will for certain people, not some sort of aggressive version, but I'm angry with them or I'm mildly happy when they're suffering. <laughs> how do I uh, how do I put an end to this? Great. Recognize it. Now, I'd like to get rid of that, please. And if you could uh, write me a note or something, I'd appreciate it. You stay after class. <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a good question. Thank you. So, so, so Marcy, you had a, yeah. Yeah. wait for the mic. So with lots of work, um, one can develop the capacity to maintain peace of mind, but how can one then deal with the external reality, um, especially if it's an ongoing situation? Great. Yeah. Okay, so Kate wants one, one more. Our group found that when we um, land somewhere on the frustration, anger, hostility, ill will spectrum, um, tends to ha- that falling on that tends to happen more often when we're busy, and then the question is, how can we be mindful that we're becoming too busy, or mindful that we're starting to feel those feelings? Um, a bit, you know, for yeah. and then instead of waiting for ten things to happen before we explode, um, and is it possible to uh, to be too busy? <laughs> what? <laughs> Great, thank you very much. So, so um, good. So let's take a break, and then we'll come back and continue on this topic. And uh, so it's uh, 20 after 2, so let's start in 15 minutes, so at uh, 2.35. So, um, to spend a whole day on greed and ill will... Uh, maybe it seems a bit much. So someone, someone at the break said that, you know, when are we going to get to the uh, love and generosity? <laughs> you know, it's time running out. <laughs> and, um, you know, if it was, certainly if it was a longer day or week or something, we would cover these things. They're all connected, right? And very important to go together. But, um, um, you know, I feel like we're just scratching the surface of this topic, uh, introducing it to you and hopefully give you a little bit kind of entry point to consider it more and, and become wiser around these things and be interested in exploring it on your own more. Um, uh, the, um, my, my own sense of like looking at the teachings of the Buddha is that um, he was, looked to me like he was kind of reluctant to make a positive statement about what the goal of practice should be. Like, um, you, you can see positive things in a sense, but uh, reluctance to make it positive uh, because, and my, my theory is that's because um, if you make a positive statement, people get attached to it. And uh, people try to have it and get it and do all this stuff. But if, it, if the goal of practice is mostly discussed in terms of what you let go of, you can get attached to letting go, I suppose, but you're not left with anything when you let go, right? It's like your hands are now open. And, um, and then... Uh, and then, uh, then the question is, is it enough to let go or l- enough to have abandoned or gotten rid of things like greed and ill will and um, fear and things like that? Is that, is that? is that good enough? It seems like kind of a, you know, it's pretty negative kind of spirituality just to get rid of something. And, uh, you know, my friends down the street, they have, you know, commune with cosmic consciousness and all we can do is let go of our greed <laughs> what? Oh, what a relief! <laughs> yeah, what a relief! And so, um, so, but the 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 understanding is that the letting go of these obstacles, these hindrances, these these kinds of unskillful states of mind, um, is a pretty marvelous thing. And the people who do it well. I don't know, I mean, maybe it's not a Buddhist thing to say it this way, but it's kind of like an experience of grace or, or wonder or tremendous sense of uh, well-being and peace and, uh, that comes. Uh, one of my favorite little uh, suttas is one where <clears throat> it talks about a practitioner who lets go of the unskillful mind states. Things like greed and ill will and it's a whole list of other ones. And, um, and uh, having let go of them, 
the person knows their mind is free of them. And that knowledge that the mind is now free of these states is a first-hand experiential knowing of something, knowing the absence of these kinds of states. And this knowing is considered so important in the tradition that there are some, or, or it's recognized that this is, that, this, um, that the, the knowing that you can let go of these states of mind and dwell without, and live without them is what gives you a taste or an intuition or a sense of who the Buddha is. So the idea of having refuge in the Buddha comes from having that experience of letting go of these things or having them go away. Isn't that something? So, so rather than the you know, Buddha being some abstraction out there that you know, he must have great, all these great supernatural powers and fly through walls and you know, whatever these great Buddhas can do, uh, and that's why we, we revere them, the, we, 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 we take refuge or have you know, reverence, I guess, for the Buddha uh, because of the mind state the Buddha has that, that we recognize or intuit or have some sense of from having done some deep letting go in ourselves. Make sense? So, to, to, so we're not just talking here in Buddhism about coping well or being wise with greed and ill will. That's really important to do that if, if you have it. Most of us have it. And learning how to do the practice of mindfulness so we can negotiate the world wiser and not have these things t- uh, predominate dominate <clears throat> is important. But the Buddhist enterprise is to actually uh, uh, get rid of these once and for all. And uh, some people find that inconceivable. It seems like it's too idealistic that that could probably be possible. Um, but that's what the tradition holds up as being the, poss- you know, the, the, the direction or the aim of where the practice is going. And uh, some people find that very meaningful to have that as a goal or as a possibility to do that level of deep inner work. So to look at these things more deeply, both in terms of learning how to be wiser with them in our lives but also to no longer have them uh, temporarily or permanently. And in, in their place, there is room for whatever is supposed to be there. And another reason why the, it may be better not to state a positive goal of what should be, how you should be, like you should be loving or you should be generous, is that um, maybe the situation you're in doesn't call for love or generosity. But if you set up that as being the, the, you know, the right spiritual thing to do, you might miss the, what's needed in a particular situation. But if you let go of the obstacles to clear seeing, if you let go of these kind of, you know, afflictions of greed and hate and such things, then you're in better position to read the situation and respond with what need, needs to happen. And rather than being generous or being loving, um, sometimes if you have a, a young child, you need to say no. <laughs> And I learned that slowly because, you know, I thought you were supposed to just be generous and accepting all the time. That was actually not a good idea to do it all the time with a kid. And, you know, that, you create a monster if you do that. So, so there's an appropriate way, in a loving way, perhaps saying no or some other responses needed in certain situations. So I thought we would continue a little bit more uh, exploring this topic of ill will. And... Um, the, um, uh, I read somewhere studies about people who have ill will or hostility or anger that um, there was two interesting kind of st- st- results of these studies. Oddly enough, they said people who have a lot of anger and ill will um, are optimistic. <laughs> and I don't know why they came up with this idea. I didn't read the whole study. I just read this. Thing. And I, the, what I could figure out was that uh, the optimism was that of... Um, you, you, you feel like you have some power to make an effect, to do something. You're going to act on your hostility. So, you, you know, there's some optimism that you can, you know, beat someone up. <laughs> I guess that's, that's the only thing I could figure out. But the other one was that uh, people who have uh, predisposition towards anger and ill will, hostility, are predisposed to blame other people for their difficulties. So this idea, that, so that's, you know, so it's, and it's self-reinforcing. If you blame others, then um, they're to blame, right? And then that reinforces more. And so this idea that I said earlier of that uh, when we have hostility, we don't take responsibility for ourselves. Uh, we tend to assign the blame somewhere else, right? So they're responsible for me or some external event is responsible, not, not myself. And one of the great... Uh, 
you know, little kind of analogies or kind of examples for ill will is that of, um, I mean, the, the ancient example was that of uh, you're out in your boat on the lake <clears throat> and uh, you're just enjoying yourself, but then a boat surprisingly comes out of nowhere and runs into your boat. And so you get up, you're really angry at the person who ran this boat into you. And then you look and there's no one in it. <laughs> the boat was just floating. And so then you realize that, that, well, maybe you should have been paying more attention. You, know, was, you can't blame that person for it. Or you know, if someone, if someone uh, bumps your, their car into your car, then you get angry. But if the tree limb falls off the tree and bumps the car the same way, then it's an act of God, or they say, right? Act of nature. And maybe people get angry, but not, you know, you're not going to be hostile to the tree. I guess it's possible. So ill will and um, hostility as being one of the unskillful uh, acts. And so a skillful act, uh, skillful, well, a skillful action is the opposite of that. So certainly the absence of ill will or hostility. And then the, then the, the tradition considers the opposite to be loving kindness. So we could talk about loving kindness. It makes some sense. But I think I'd like to keep the focus in the minutes we have left on good old-fashioned ill will and hostility. <laughs> and uh, it's also a particularly good one for Buddhists to keep their focus on because um, part of uh, Buddhist culture, all cultures, I think, by, by virtue of being a culture, has shadows, has areas which they, you know, there are things they value a lot. And because they value them a lot, things that are different or opposite or don't fit into that tend to get pushed aside or ignored or hidden or not revealed. And so um, Buddhist culture tends to be uh, put into the shadow anger and ill will because you're supposed to be kind and loving when you're Buddhist. And so it's probably a good idea to kind of keep the focus on ill will for a while. And at least least for another 45 minutes. (laughs) So... um, um, so I thought we would do something, uh, divide you into two groups and have one group focus on the causes, uh, the conditions and causes that promote or bring forth ill will in people. It could be in, I was going to say in you, but you know, let's just do the you know, generic people and those people. And then, um, you, you know, and then uh, the other group Talk uh, about more the, the what I brought up this morning that, that this is a teaching on karma. It has to do with consequences and taking consequences into account. And so the other group uh, explore consequences. Uh, what are the consequences of having ill will? What's the consequences of hostility? And you can come up with a list. There's a lot of different areas to look at, but kind of kind of explore that a little bit. So uh, what I'd like to suggest is that um, you form. Um, I think groups of four is probably a uh, good, good size for this. And um, so I, let's see if we can do it this way. I'm going to uh, throw a line. So, so you, uh, yeah, so you, you guys... <laughs> yes, perfect. So those of you on that side, of, see if you can form a group of you know, groups of four, and um, and then you guys get to talk about the consequences, like we did this morning, kind of. Okay, and those on this side talk about causes, and then you do this for a while, and then we'll, we'll figure out some way that uh, you guys can meet each other, the causes and the consequence people. <laughs> And um, and share with each other your you know what you've talked about a little bit, so you benefit from each other a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're the cause people, you're the consequence people. Okay, thank you. So we're going to now we're going to have you cross the divide between the cause people and the consequence people, and see if you can get along. And um, so this is the way we're going to do it. So can, um, please be spare with me, it's a little silly maybe, but if, can three people from each of the three groups here stand up? 
Just three, yeah, three of the three people in each group. So one person stays seated. I am standing. She's seated. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, so okay. So those of you who are standing, um, as a group, three of you together, go join one of the groups over here. And, okay, and then the, the three of you who are left seated, can you go find the group that didn't have any newcomers? Because there's four groups over here. That's why they're doing it this way. So who? Which, so all you need to do, then you can talk. Oh, okay. Well, I, when I heard all of the um, causes, I just felt like, oh my God, how can I protect myself from all of this? <laughs> you know. <laughs> It was just, it was overwhelming. I mean, I, you know the consequences, but one of them was all the social things that you brought up, and, all, and, and I just felt like, I don't know, it was kind of overwhelming to think of what I'm in the midst of that can cause ill will. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a lot to get it all at once here. Yeah. So I know it can seem like a lot. Thank you. Um, I I was with the consequences group and um, there's no way I'm going to touch ill will after the list (laughs) 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 just wanted to report one of the it's on. Uh, one of the things that a member of our group said that someone else said she found particularly meaningful and would like to have re-expressed, and that is that ill will often comes from not understanding that the other person's actions are coming from causes and conditions. Mm. And uh, assuming that they're just acting voluntarily to harm us, whereas there is a whole chain of causation that we can't see but that we need to allow for, and that that reframes the situation in a major way. Nice. Very nice. Just to continue on Jen's topic, I think sometimes if we have, we caught ourselves, like we see ourselves developing ill will towards someone, and knowing that the other person's behavior may be caused by some condition and causes, right? I think it's helpful to open up communication with them. Just finding out what is going on, what is causing it, and yeah. chances are we can open up our, ourselves, our compassion can develop just from seeing the truth and knowing what is behind that behavior that caused me to develop your will. Great. Very nice. Over to your left. <coughs> so, continuing on that, too. <laughs> um, it's this ability to then be in presence, totally. Um, I was in the consequence group. And it was interesting to see that this ability to be in presence and to fully you know, take in people as they really are at that moment in time versus continuing this ill will. So that's this... Um, karmic wheel, right? So we have that choice at that moment in time to just step out of it and go, oh, I just see them fully as who they are. I don't have to continue this. So this element of choice. Mm, nice. Thank you. So over here for Trudy. Is the other mic nearby? Because it's, I don't, there wasn't working either. either because <coughs> neither of them seem to be working. But it's working for the Hearing system devices, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, that one? Yes. yeah. Yeah. Okay. I find when I'm in a, a space where I have some sense of loving kindness for others, I can clearly see the uh, other person's hostility as something, some pain that they're experiencing. But other times, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. In our group, we could think of so many um, causes and consequences of ill will. 
And um, one of our people mentioned ill will towards one's own self. How we can beat ourselves up. And the consequence being depression and the inability to function. The inability to go back in and try again or anything. If you've beaten yourself up too much. Huge cost on an individual level. Yeah. So I was in one of the causes groups, and a couple of the causes that we um, found were very simple. One is greed, actually. And another is a sense of insecurity, and that can be psychological or actual insecurity, a sense of protectiveness of any kind, Um, especially protectiveness to our precious self-identity. Mm-hmm. So, um, just to kind of give a little more of a, what I do myself, a little more positive motivation. Many years ago, I had a teacher who once said, and this is along the lines of taking responsibility, who said, if you don't feel your own pain, someone else will. <laughs> and so and so I know it's not always we don't always not so easy at least for me to come from a place of of simply something of compassion and not wanting to pour out any more pain into this world but sometimes I use that statement and so and then the question for me becomes how do I feel and face my own pain um, in such a way that so that it empowers and ultimately frees me. Nice. Very nice. Thank you. So we're coming to an end. And any last words anybody wants to say or anything you feel you need to feel complete today? Before I do my last words. I just want to express my gratitude for the wisdom of the group, the Sangha. Appreciate it very much. So, thank you. Yeah, it's very nice. So, the ten skillful actions, the ten unskillful actions... These are the actions that, uh, we want, that have consequences in our lives and we want to be careful so that we can create the consequences that are beneficial for us. So the unskillful actions create the negative consequences. The, um, um, the wording or the explana- classic explanation for these two that we did today, so to be, uh, this, this, uh, to be skillful, to do skillful action, is to avoid covetous, being co- covetous, And it explains that one does not covet the wealth and property of others. Thus, oh, may what belongs to another be mine. So that's that's narrower than what we covered today, but that's how it explains it here. But then um, uh, the second one, the ill will. One's mind is without ill will, and one has intentions free from hate in the following way. May these beings, may others, be free from enmity, affliction, and anxiety. May they live happily. Isn't that nice? So this is the positive side. So not only are we free from ill will, but there's a desire and wish for other people to be happy. And so to come from that place of uh, generosity of spirit uh, that's concerned with the welfare of others. So so this is what you brought up. It's not just a matter of ending up just being a neutral person who has no ill will. Um, but to actually do some, uh, to wish benefit to the world, live for the sake of others, and have that as being an intention and a motivation for our lives. So that's the hope. Um, and, um, um, and then in terms of the overarching theme for this Dharma practice series, the uh, mindful approach to living an ethical life, uh, as we begin looking, being mindful of these p- two areas, the uh, greed and ill will, um, 
I think that it becomes uh, much more, much less likely to be unethical. So when you're fully conscious of those kinds of behaviors, it's hard for them to translate unconsciously or to, um, to being unethical, to do actions that harm other people. Uh, I suspect that a lot of uh, harm that's done in the world is rooted in these two qualities. And uh, if we look at the consequences of our actions for ourselves and for others, then I think it's another way in which it becomes natural, almost, not to do these things. Because once you realize the consequences, why would you do it? The negative consequences. And, um, but if we don't think of the consequences, and the consequences ripple out, it's not just immediate consequences, but into our society and the world. Um, it's contagious, these things. So we want to stop the contagion. So um, thank you for the day. And um, let me think here. A uh, couple of things. Uh, we end the days these days with about seven people doing some cleaning. Um, so it just takes about ten minutes. We have seven volunteers who can do the basic tidying up. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Great. So Dawn will kind of uh, check in with her. And then we have a guest who's come. So can you come in here? She came. She just showed up. She dropped in. And it turns out that she's uh, been trying to reach us indirectly and reached Hillary, for example, and Hillary told her to come by. And you come in. And, uh, she's, uh, and we're the only inside group that... Uh, that um, that, uh, that responded to her queries. Uh, she's uh, doing research, uh, I guess a PhD, on uh, uh, the relationship of compassion or the role of compassion in the lives of people who do Vipassana practice. And she would like seven or eight uh, people to interview, because this is a kind of, a kind of clinical dissertation where you interview people to do in-depth qualitative work, and then you make conclusions. So she, I told her she can come to our group here and, and, uh, and for, you know, just very briefly for a minute, uh, say what she's doing and your name. So, hi. Um, my name is Nicole Zayak. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Some people don't hear unless you have the mic. So, uh, where's the mic? There. Is that better? Yeah. Can, can you hear me? Okay. Um, my name is Nicole Zajac, and I'm working on my doctorate in general psychology. And I'm in the research phase now. And my research involves uh, studying compassion, and it's through the perspective of people who practice Vipassana meditation. And um, I'm conducting interviews. It's just seven questions. Um, shouldn't take more than an hour. And I, am, I have a blog set up if you want more information. And also you can text, you can email, um, contact through the blog, whatever is comfortable for you. And um, we can set up a time to interview through Skype or we can meet in person. It's, I'm just trying to make this as accessible as possible for people. Um, so I have, I have this flyer and I can leave some flyers right here, but there's also... Um, some in the back over there. Great. Um, so thank you. Thank you for your attention. Great. Thank so you, much. Nicole. And you can just hang out and maybe some, even, even if they don't want to do the interview, they might want to just chat with you at the end. So just. No, no. Capella University from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So may whatever. Yes? Yeah, that's, that's been. Yeah, it, nope. Nope, that's been canceled because um, I double booked myself. It's still on the website. Yeah, okay, so I'll change. Well, get that changed. But yeah, I, I, now that we have this retreat center, I don't notice that I schedule retreats. And <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so next next time we meet will be the last one for the series, and then we'll do um, the, the right view, the last step. And then, um, and then I was thinking for next year we would do the Brahma Viharas. That's what I'm thinking now. So do eight eight months on them. So um, may whatever benefit and merit that's come from this day, may we share it with whoever we run into today, so they also can live without the ill will and greed. May all beings be happy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
And I, I have a couple of more of these handouts with the 10 skillful actions. If, uh, oh, can I have 